This is a detail podcast. In an attempt to steal the six Chaos Emeralds and harness their power, the evil Dr. Ivo Robotnik has trapped the animal inhabitants of South Island inside aggressive robots and stationary metal capsules. The player controls Sonic, who aims to hold Robotnik's plan by freeing his animal friends and collecting the emeralds himself. If the player collects all of the Chaos Emeralds and completes the game, an ending sequence is shown. If all the emeralds are not collected, Robotnik taunts the player while juggling any of the Chaos Emeralds not collected. Today we're talking about Sonic. Hello and welcome to the Drinking Geek Out podcast, a show where we drink beer and geek out. I'm your host, Dustin. Alongside me is... Saf the Hedgehog, along with... Keith. And next to me is... Pale, and I'm uh, Mr. Pillbotnik speaking. <laughs> Today's episode... Pale I just made it up, Pillbotnik. Today's episode is featuring beer from Two Toms, and I don't know what you guys are drinking... <laughs> it's in scroll, the notes. Scroll. You just gotta scroll it's in like notes. three censuses down. <laughs> oh, I got it now. THBC Citra Gene Genesis. Genesis. And we are talking about Sonic the Hedgehog. 30th Thank you, anniversary. 30th anniversary. But before we get to that, what have you guys been drinking or playing or watching lately? I think we'll turn this one over to Seth. Yeah, Seth. You got something I heard? So... I recently brewed myself a beverage called Fresh Squished. It's an IPA, I believe, a grapefruit IPA, maybe. Um, and the I know Keith and Pale were over a couple weeks ago to taste my beer and celebrate my birthday. And I also sent Dustin home some bottles to try. I just want to make this perfectly clear. It's not because I don't like Andrew that I didn't go to his birthday party. <laughs> It was over Memorial Day weekend. I couldn't help it. I had shit going on. I mean, I can't help it that my birthday is on June 1st. <laughs> <laughs> I know. My bad. I I didn't make the plans. My wife made the plans with my family. So the, it's, it, uh, why is there a bit doing that? <laughs> it's from Northern Brewer Homebrew Supplies. It's just like a, a, a beer kit or whatever. It had all the ingredients and shit. I just... I just brewed it. The description says, dripping with vivid flavors, fresh squished is the beer equivalent of visiting your local fruit stand. Flavors and aroma of grapefruit, melon, berries, lime, and passion fruit drizzle into a faint herbal and piney background. The study of malt foundation, the sturdy malt foundation of sweet crystal malts and toasty Munich uh, concedes to this indulgent use of citra and mosaic hops to achieve remarkable balance, pale copper in color. Fresh squished is overly uh, is overlaid by a fluffy, rich beige foam cap, allowing the juicy aromas to ooze out. So it's basically like a grapefruit IPA, and it was good. I was uh, pleasantly surprised. Thank you. So I I did do the like little gravity test, and it says it's eight point six ABV based on my calculations so it's up in the higher almost a double ipa category 
It's not bad. I'm wondering, uh, because I know the process that you went through for this one, where you missed the uh, double dry hop time by, I think, five days. Yeah, I... uh... About a week. I was a week before bottling. I was supposed to add the hop. Uh, There's like two packets of hops to do like a a dry hopping or whatever they call it. And I forgot to do that on bottling day. I was like, oh, I still have these hops sitting here. (laughs) What do I do do with these? And then I read the instructions. I was like, oh, okay. So I let it ferment for a full more one more week because I added the hops and then waited another week before I bottled it. So it had an extra week of fermenting. So that might have changed things a little bit, but I still think it turned out pretty surprisingly really good. No, I I think so too, based on the one that I just had. Uh, but I all I know, like from my experience of uh, brewing homebrew style, if you go off script just a little bit, it kind of changes yeah. the expectations of what you're going to taste. And playing around with those is what people enjoy about brewing is making the, the changes here and there. So... I'm always just curious, like, if you let it ferment an extra week before you dry hopped it, what was the change there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, I think it tastes pretty good still. So. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, without you telling me what it was, because uh, I, I don't, I think you did in the group text message, but like, uh, I kind of just, uh, I didn't say, I don't want to say I forgot it, but just kind of separating myself from that when I drink it, I honestly could taste the juicy parts of yeah. it. Mm-hmm. The, the grapefruity, the citrusy, it was a lot juicier than uh, I expected because I made a, a few IPAs myself because uh, I went and got a kit. One of them was like a single hop mosaic and another one was like a Chinooky one where it didn't turn out this juicy. Uh, and so this is already is better than anything any IPA that I've made so far. I'm a big fan of this right now. It's a shame that I don't have that many of them. <laughs> I'll, I'll get you some. I have a, I have uh, like 24 more of them, so I'll get you some more. I, I just know yeah. you said you weren't drinking, so I didn't send you home with a whole ton of them. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's going to be – it's really tough uh, not drinking but also drinking for the podcast. I have a, <laughs> a, a window of time where I'm like, all right, I'm going to drink. It's going to be fine. I'm going to drink in this time frame. <laughs> so I think it was only – I'll tell you the hops I put in it. It's – one ounce of nugget, three ounces of mosaic, and two ounces of citra mm. into a five gallon. Yeah, batch. That that burp that I just had right there kind of was very reminiscent of that taste that you had when you uh, either fr- like drank a four fifty North beer or burped up a four fifty North beer. And I was wondering what it was. It's the nugget. Yeah, clearly. It has it has to be right. <laughs> Must be. That's what they like to use. Uh, I don't have any more, and I didn't really think about it. I mean, I still have a, another bottle of it. Uh, but for an IBU test, you you didn't calculate IBUs or anything, no, did you? And I didn't even think about it. Thinking it's uh, and you, the other two could probably help me because <laughs> they've had. I don't more know of if they remember. <laughs> it's been a it's week been or a two. While. It's been a while. I think it's in the forties. That sounds, right. that the sounds IBUs? right. I was going to say upper 30s. Yeah. 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 All right. I think that's pretty fair. Um, yeah. I mean, if, I, if I'm if i going to, you know, play the game, I want to play the game right. <laughs> and we'll just say that it is the roulette number 38. Uh, the number of slots in a roulette wheel. An American roulette wheel. There you go. You got yourself an official geek rating. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got five bottle caps. And out of bottle caps, probably <laughs> put this in the 
I don't know. I just had one, so it's rough. But again, when I rate a lot of these beers, based off of one, probably, it probably is close to a four. I don't know if it is going to be a four or not, yeah. but it's about 375 to a four. Or I'll use my supporter badge and say it's like a three nine. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I'd put it in that area too. Not, I mean, if I it right. wasn't the one brewing it, I don't think it's like perfect at all. But I think it's it did turned out really pretty good. I'd be pretty proud of myself if I made a beer like this. I was happy that like I brewed this for this birthday party and it didn't turn out like, oh, everybody's puking in the corner or like pouring it out mm-hmm. behind my back or whatever. <laughs> like everybody seemed to like, at least <laughs> drink it. <laughs> right. Oh, I had two of them. That's always a... It was good. Yeah, I had two bottles. We just unfortunately forgot to take some home with us, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I blame Bob. As one should. <laughs> All right, uh, so let's get to the beer of the episode to get this along. Beers. Uh, we actually, or beers, yeah. We actually did, um, I, Pale just mentioned, like, we got beers from different places, but we put a lot of time and thought into the what we're going to drink for this episode based on what we had, and we actually got pretty spot on with themes, yeah. I thought. <laughs> So I'll just tease mine real quick, and then uh, I'll just allow Keith and yeah, let them uh, go. Pale to go. Yeah. Uh, but just to say, we have a Citra Genesis. Look at that. Citra, instead of Sega, Citra Genesis. So teasing it right there. There you go. Genesis. And then uh, for, for Keith and Pale, you had Sonic in the name, right? Yes. Hypersonic Daydream from Two Toms. I just saw the name Sonic, and I stopped right there. I'm like, yep, that's our beer. Yep, perfect. (laughs) No more thinking about it. (laughs) It literally has the name of the episode in the beer. (laughs) Yes, it's true. So Sonic Genesis, we we nailed it there. All right, our beer that we had, uh, we'll go ahead and start, uh, as I just said, is the Hypersonic Daydream from Two Toms. It is in one of their IPA New England styles, which Two Toms is known for. This one comes in at 7.2% ABV. And 72 IBUs, so 7.2 and 72. There's a theme. <laughs> that is what is the that? official room temperature. <laughs> Here we go. So geeky. <laughs> <laughs> Universally known. 72 degrees. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Hypersonic Daydream is a triple dry hopped expressive IPA brewed with Columbus and Citra hops. Two Toms uses a unique yeast strain to highlight aromas of peach and stone fruit. I probably should have waited to say that. Now Pale is going to taste. Oh yeah, the peach oh. stone fruit. You should have just stayed quiet. This <laughs> princess peach tastes princess like peach? a. This tastes like a stone. Peachy. Why does it taste like rocks? <laughs> stone fruit. All right, should we look at the oh the can first? I suppose you got that next to you over there. Pale. Oh yeah. What do we got? Yes. Okay. Please let me see this guy. We literally have Sonic the Hedgehog. No. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be too perfect. No, uh, it looks like it's a... He's doing a loop-de-loop. Yeah. It's a dude. It's two toms with a hat on. So he's like this. Oh, okay. His hands folded, like down like he's sleeping. Okay. And he has a light bulb on his shirt. says, I have ideas I haven't thought of yet. Deep. Deep. Yeah, and there's like uh, clouds behind him. like Pink, purple, pink, yellow purple, clouds. Yeah, yeah. Like rolling away. Uh, hypersonic is in like um, graffiti text. I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. Uh, like if you, you know, like you see graffiti on like the train, mm-hmm. train cars, like all the time. It's, it's It looks like that. It's on the untapped page. If you guys haven't clicked on that yet, it's on there. You can see the label. 
since Pale's very small him. image, so I was like squinting. <laughs> Keith, yeah, I was gonna try to hold it. <laughs> on the screen. Oh yeah, he's got the two times branded hat on and clouds of smoke or uh, spray can paint behind him. Yeah. Very cool. I like the colors and all I can't that. See him? Yeah, it's a really <laughs> nice can. At two times, we literally dream about beer day and night. Barley hops, yeast, even water chemistry bombard our minds in a creative obsession to become the next project. Ideas pop in like a hyper stream of consciousness, ever consuming, until innovative ideas are put to paper. In the end, the final product feels like a deja vu, connecting the taste in our mind's eye to a new and wonderful beer. All right, the color of the beer. We have, I don't know, what do we got? Not... It's typical New England style, so you can't really see through it at all. But the color... Light and milky. It's kind of like a pineapple looking. That's what it reminds me of. Pineapple juice? Pineapple juice. That is hazy. Yeah. Pineapple juice. So, looking at our... see. Pictures, which I thought I had up. I'm thinking number five? (gasps) Is it it a Tails Tails? Is it? Do we do it? I don't know. (laughs) Do we do it? Do we do it? It's kind of hard to tell for you guys, but... Well, yeah, on our end, yeah, I was thinking Harry Snitch. Harry Snitch. <laughs> but, but I was thinking, get it, have, I was thinking, get over here. Get over here. Get over yeah. here. Yeah, it's about. But that. you guys have a different lighting. It's about. Uh, it, it's it's right in between. It's almost like there's a tad hint of orange, but not much. Is there anything in the more color section that would work, like I, a Falco or a Luke Cage, <laughs> Pac Man? <laughs> <laughs> Like I think Tails Tails is variations here. Good as you're gonna get. Yeah. Well, he's close to Captain Falcon. I think so. Yeah. I feel like Tails Tails is just a little too red orange. Yeah, yeah. It's almost too orange, but I, it's hard to tell from our over yeah, the we don't tails, zoom or Discord. Tails in the sunlight, bright sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like Captain Falcon. That's a uh, his little crest. Yeah. More of that gold yeah, so color. Be Four point three. Three and a half. All right, looking at the appearance of it, if you're back on that page here, Pale, it yep. is definitely not clear at all. So, would that be Superman? Yeah, I would go Superman because I certainly can't see through. Yeah, that. you cannot see through that at all. Yeah, yeah, no. it's definitely it's definitely lead thick, thicker than the hazy. Yeah, I think the head on it it disappeared pretty quick. Although there's a light foam around the edges, so I'd say pretty poor. Because I've had this, I think, for a while, so I'm sure a lot of the carbonation, which we clearly can't see, has definitely gone down too. So I'd say Goomba on the head and Snail Man on the carbonation. I'm sure it's still in there, but you just can't see through it. It's a it's lead. (laughs) A TBA or NA. There we go. Roma. Roma. You want to do this one, Pam? You want me to? It smells like a two Thomas beer. (laughs) Yep. Uh. A lot of pineapple. How strong is that smell? Um, yeah, it's pretty. It's probably closer to Hulk than Banner. It's really. Uh, I don't think it's <laughs> I say yeah. I'll it, disagree with you there, Professor Hulk. Hulk. I yeah, Professor Hulk. Professor Hulk, right in the down the middle. He's not gonna punch me in the That's face, my favorite but Hulk. he's gonna scare the shit out of me. So, <laughs> <laughs> you, want to, you want to take a selfie with Ant Man? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, thank you. Uh, for hops. Citrus, tropical even, tropical, fruity. Um, a little DK country. Let's go. <laughs> yep, malt. Um, eh. that one's tough. Nothing. Wait. Nothing so was it? Either. 
You said citrus, tropical, and fruity. I said fruity. I was just kind asking. Kind of all the above. Probably, yeah, probably a little bit of oh, fruity too. Although citrusy is tropical, it's also fruity too. So I don't know; those are kind of interchangeable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think the tropical would supersede something that was like super like grapefruit smell, right? So uh, yeah, can't get much on the malts. Yeah, D country there, not much on the malts. Esters probably won't get anything in those categories. Yeah, with hazy. There. Yeah, well, let's go ahead and take a sip here, pale, so we can figure All out right. what the flavor is. It's warm. It's been sitting out too long. <laughs> ah, yeah, it's like a little bit too warm now. You said the ABV was seven point two. So does it taste like a seven point two? Yes, I will say it tastes like a seven point two. I think as long as I've had it, I don't know how old it is, but as long as I've had it, I think the alcohol content has gone up a little bit in this. It's more prevalent, yeah, I should say. Yeah, over time. Um, so I would say noticeable. I'd say bond. It's not harsh, but it's noticeable. It's there. Bond. James Bond. James Bond. Uh, the hops definitely still Probably tropical. Same through tropical hop bitterness. I don't know. It's not. I don't. It's not as hoppy as I. It's between expecting. moderate and aggressive. So clones Anakin and Sith. Just not super aggressive, but he started wearing dark clothes. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like sand. Maybe that that era. Yeah, Anakin. There we go. <laughs> he started being mean to to his wife a little bit. <laughs> his wife. <laughs> he was un- they were unwin. I thought they secretly got married. They did secretly get married. Oh, it depends yeah, on who you talk about. Sith or clone? Oh, whoa, whoa, I haven't seen those movies yet. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Malts, not so much here. Mouthfeel. Mouthfeel. Okay. Ooh. Uh, body is full. Is it full? No. Medium. Yeah. Probably lo- on the low end of medium. Go put that zero in. <laughs> <laughs> yes carbonation <laughs> po- lively I, I think it's pretty faint i mean you can tell it's there but it's not really standing out because it's a it's a hazy so it's probably yeah it's low probably high faint i guess uh finish kind of short was that for me bitterness or flavor yeah. stick with you i think more of the yeah. sweetness is sticking behind like the the sweet fruitiness of it um is really standing out a little bit more than the bitterness which if I remember correctly, when I had this one fresh, I had it about a year ago when we get to untapped here in a second. I did check it in. Um, now I know why I gave it the rating that I did. Yeah. Because it's not as bitter as I thought. More of the sweetness really sticks with you. And as we know with me, I like more of the sweeter side with these style of hazies than anything else. So Justice League trailer for the finish. Oh, yeah. And then the balance. I'd say pretty sweet. Pretty su- Yeah. I'd say Walter White. Whitey Tidy's just starting in the RV. <laughs> yep. So, just started his first batch in the in the RV. Him and Jesse. Yep. Jesse. Oh, Jesse Bitch. Pinkman. Bitch. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta rewatch it. Uh, yes. I have to not watch it ever. No, it's, it's so, so good though. Just do it. All right. Un- just watch. Just watch. No. Better Call Saul. Peer pressure. Just no. watch Better Call Saul. I, li- I like Bob, but I'm not going to watch it. Better Call Saul is even better. Untapped. 914 total check-ins. 729 total ratings. Give this beer a 3.91. Pretty good. Yeah. Almost a four. I've got Patrick Doherty. He said solid, hazy, juicy, smooth. And he gave it a four out of five. 
I've also got a friend named Keith. Drink in, geek out. <laughs> I don't know him. He's an asshole. It's okay. <laughs> See, I got five friends. One being Patrick, Keith, Chad W, four and a quarter. Chadwick? Brad. Bozeman? Ch- Chadwick Bozeman? No. Oh. Yeah, I only had, I had two friends. I had the Patrick Jordy and Doug Egder, so I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I have Doug as well, but he didn't comment, so I didn't even read his. Yeah. There's nothing to read. All right, Gabriel says lots of floaters. Yeah. Still Ooh. good or tasty AF. He did not mix Expect that one floaters up. In like, we have hazy. zero floaters at all. Oh, God, look at those. Yeah. That picture. I'm like, that is not accurate. His must be really So old. for our for our older generation listening to this podcast, AF stands for as fuck. Don't say as fuck. Oh. <laughs> What's this podcast Gabriel. I just, that's what I read, Gabriel. Gabriel. No, I got a different one. He gave it a four, but okay, continue. Uh, Well, I think it's different. I could smell the dankness when I poured it, super hazy and flavorful, and gave it a four. It was a different comment, but the same name. Yeah, Spencer D said, meh, and gave it a four. Fuck you, man. (laughs) What are you (laughs) mehing? Come on, get out of here. Like the beer or not? You like it? Good. Maybe he's like me, and he doesn't write anything, and he's been harassed by his friends to write things. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to write mad, don't write anything at all. Yeah, I right, know, right? Thomas F., enjoying it while catching a movie, and he's watching Jaws in a drive-in theater. He gave it a th- oh, so he's drinking and driving? Drink- yeah. Dang. Drinking and driving. But he gave it a three out of five. Did you guys scroll drive down in, to find Derek's? Out. Derek's picture, he's got the perfect glass for this episode. Oh, oh the sick. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, wins the episode. We need that. Yeah. Josh S., tropical without the mango-ish finish. Hoppy, bitter finish. Four. <laughs> I'm going to steal that guy's picture and use it as our picture. <laughs> episode <laughs> That'll art. That'll be our post. <laughs> <laughs> Mike S., or a.k.a. Saf's dad, gave this a... <laughs> Three and a half has said, nice, mellow fruit IPA. It's clearly not the same one. <laughs> What's that say, My dad would not say that. He's like, this does not, <laughs> this does not, not taste like Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> Zero out of five. <laughs> you guys like this? This isn't beer. I think we've read through quite a bit. It's been on here. I can go ahead and give mine pale since I already checked this in beforehand. Um, so my previous check-in, I had it back in March 2019, March 28th, so a year before the pandemic. Um, so who knows what life was like back then. And um, it was at Two Toms, had it on draft, and uh, according to my check-in, I put another great hazy from Two Toms, not as juicy, and more hops than previous, but just as good. But the more I'm drinking this now, I'm getting more juice and less hops. Um, because with two Toms, I mean, we all love his beer, but they're so similar that when you're having a flight, everything blends together at that point. I mean, the one or two hop difference between them, it changes very quickly and they all kind of blend together if your palate, um, has not been having that. So I will flip that around and say more fruit this time up front. Um, I can definitely get the, um, as he put aromas of peach. And this one kind of takes me back to that peaches and cream milkshake from Dot and Line, where those peaches were very prevalent in that. But I can get more of that the the peachiness of it 
I don't really know what stone fruit is, but um, I definitely get more of that peachy fruitiness that sticks with. And these type of New England styles are my favorite. So I'm going to keep my check in the same and I'll just keep it as a four and a half because this is really good. As a history lesson, stone fruits include peaches, nectarines, plums, apricots, cherries, blackberries, raspberries, and aprims, which I don't know what those are. Avocado is also a stone fruit, technically, because they have a they have a, a a big old seed in there. Big old seed. All right, so I got checked in. I couldn't think of anything quick enough to write up, but I'll just go with your. So I'll just gut. go with. Just don't listen to me and go with your gut. I'll just repeat exactly what he Keith doesn't said. listen to you. <laughs> That's true. He doesn't. So <laughs> uh, I gave it a four out of five. Um, as I'm drinking this, I'm this is like my first New England, I think, in like several months. And uh, I don't know. It's it's not it's not appealing to me as much as it used to. I don't know if like uh, the New England was just like a new phase for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just this is not. I don't know, it's just not hitting me like it used to, and I'm like, I'm thinking of like a lot of other beers I would be rather be drinking than sure. this one. Uh, I can I can get the the juicy notes of the peach, some of the pineapple, uh, but like there's like a really dr- there's like a dry hop characteristic to it. Yeah, that I uh, I don't know I could I could do without it. I want I want something a little bit more like like cleaner and like sure. Less well, hoppy. The description I read, it is a triple dry hopped. So, triple dry, yeah. yeah. So. It's prevalent. Yeah, very prevalent. But, um, I mean, it's, it's still, I think it's a pretty well done beer. I, it's just not hitting me like it used to anymore. So, I don't want to go, like, too crazy yeah. with my rating. Kind of reminds me of the the Toppling Goliath. Sauce. Oh, the Pseudo Sue. Yeah, the Pseudo Sue. Yeah. Is what, that's Pale favorite comparison. beer. I know, and Pale loved that, and he doesn't like this one. So I'm curious now. But that's why fine. I drink that. Like me, that that's what I love about this is that you know maybe you're getting off that train of the whole New England, but the fruitiness of it is what stands out to me. I'm really not getting a whole lot of the dry hopped. I may have put the bottom of the can in your glass, so that could be why oh, okay. <laughs> you got more of the be. hops that and I got could, yeah. more of the fruit. But I tried to mix it up pretty equally between the two glasses. So you might have had like a little bit different. So mine was experience. a completely different beer. A completely different. Yeah. No. But I really love the fruitiness, and that stands out. So, like I said, I mean, this—how long are we going to keep making New Englands? And that's why, honestly, when we, I was just at Two Toms just uh, on Wednesday this past week, and everything is now seltzer, 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 sour, sour, yeah. sour, sour, sour. As Dustin will have like on dot an episode lines going coming that up way too on his spinoff. Um, but there's just he's like all sours and seltzers now, and you look and it's just like, oh, we don't have anything new in the new England style or anything else. So he had all a bunch of repeat beers. So it's like, Hmm. So I still, that's also really a summer, stuff. a summer thing True. where you want lighter sours and seltzers or easier drinking yeah. beers than have like heavy hazies and stouts and stuff. That's true. And that's definitely bringing in a different crowd too. So I know there's a lot more people that are willing to come to these places and not just have, you know, 15 new England's. Yeah on draft and you definitely get more people in there spending more money, but that takes me out of the equation. (laughs) I don't want to drink that shit. What you guys got? So we have the Terre Haute Brewing Company's Citra Genesis. This is a beer that 
Saf gave to me because he was able to get it from Whole Foods in your area. Uh, fresh time. Or was it fresh time? Essentially fresh time. the same thing, yeah. Uh, it is 5% ABVs and 15 IBUs. Which is Spider-Man, first appearance in Amazing Fantasy number 15. Summer in the 90s. Hey, it's a summer beer. Life was simple. Fashion was questionable. Music now played from the silver discs. Candy rings hmm. and water blasters were life. I feel like this is a song, like a Christmas song. <laughs> you know, like, think, w- these are the things. Uh, Me, I want a hula hoop. Yeah, or <laughs> not the not, not the, the hippopotamus song. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of like, these are a few of my favorite yes. things. Yeah. Music now played with silver discs, candy <laughs> rings, and water blasters for life. Uh, THBC made citrogenesis wheat ale with a massive amount of citra added in a whirlpool and dry hop for a citrusy blast of tropical fruit flavors. Beat the heat with this crisp and a refreshing ale. So I guess I didn't really that specify it until we get into a little bit of the description, but this is a hoppy wheat ale, by the way. Yeah, it's a we usually doing like IPAs or stouts on here. It's nice to have a little change up with the hoppy wheat ale. Still got the hop flavor, but slightly different beer. The can is cool as it's hell. Cool. I love it. Oh, it's so awesome. It's so nice. Like, oh, my nice. childhood. T Rex, Super Soaker, Rollerblades. Oh, you got skates Roller on, skates. not rollerblades. Just oh, skates. they missed it. They missed it. Should be rollerblades. Yeah. Roller skates are more eighties, rollerblades are nineties, but and it's also got like the Saved by the Bell kind of like vibe, yeah. Geometric yes. shapes or whatever you call it. <laughs> uh, those the, glasses that the, the dinosaurs wear yeah. is more two thousands glasses. <laughs> No, they were 90s first, and then Kanye brought them back in the 2000s. Yeah. Was it the, is it the same sunglasses and that the the magician wore in the diner of Saved by the Bell? Like, Max. he always had, like, yeah. stupid... Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's also got a Walkman. Walkman. He's, got head, he's got the yellow Walkman Ring with pop. headphones. Oh, so oh, perfect. All that. That's awesome. It's just a white, plain background, but this fluorescent pink dinosaur and... I don't know. It's, a, it's one of my favorite cans. Yeah, it's really cool. Just opening the refrigerator, looking at this can, I was like, yeah, this, that can's cool. <laughs> I can't wait to have it on the show. Like, what are we going to have it for? This one! <laughs> yeah, it's, this, this one. is the perfect episode. Got to have it for Sonic. We've been holding on to it for a while, so I'm not going to rate it too harshly because it is... I'm just going to stick with the rating because I've rated it when I first bought it. So, uh, I think we I had it for nearly a year at this point, but yeah, we're just waiting for the, the perfect opportune moment. Yeah. All right. Uh, so appearance of this beer. Yep. Uh, how does this thing look? It is on the golden side of things. Yeah. With Looks a like it from our slight head. orange hue. Yeah, slight orange hue. Around the rim of the base, it's very light. Uh, it goes up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I also have a led ring light just facing right onto this for me uh any other part of the room it kind of gets a little bit darker but doesn't get like too orangey or anything i'm in the five six seven i don't think it's quite seven there's a big jump between six and seven it seems right it is definitely 
it's it has to be without like trying to be ironic about it. It probably is going to be a Tales Tales, but it could also easily have passed for a Star Fox. Yeah, I didn't want to go just straight to Tales Tales, but it is it's on the cusp, so we'll give it to it. Yeah, it is very hazy too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is surprisingly. It's not as clear as I expected. Right. Uh, I don't know if I could say Based like on how, how hazy it. this is. Yeah. I'm going to give it a slight haze. Yeah, it's not super like cloudy, but it is definitely hazy. So Casper would probably be yeah, the best I, one. Yeah, I can see through it, but it's it's difficult. Um, head, I don't have any. I never really had any. I didn't pour this until 10 minutes ago, and I have very little head. So it's it's either Ichabod or Goomba. I had some head when I poured it. Yeah, so. it, it could I mean, be there's... the age because I looked at this guy who had it on a flight. You can see the head; it kind of sticks around the rim. Yeah, there's some uh-huh, lacing, so. and it's it's it, yeah. I'll give it a Goomba. It, it a light lacing. Yeah. I wouldn't say it, it's not like a big fat head that just sits on top. It's just a light little. Yeah. I mean, the age probably has something to do with that. Yeah, keep I'm sure. Out. It probably has something to do with it. Yeah. It's still... And that one came directly out of tap, which is super carbonated true. all yeah. the time versus true, true, true. can. But definitely age has something to do with it. I'm definitely seeing some carbonation in there. I would I would think... Yeah, I do see. If you look up the top closer a little bit. Um, it seems very active, though. Yeah. Very small bubbles, but very active. They're not super fast. I'd probably put them in the medium area. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say they're flash. Yeah. For, but probably closer to Batman. Yeah, I'll take that. Batman sounds good to me. Let's get to the sniffs. It's not a whole lot there. It's hundred percent Bruce Banner. Like I can't really smell anything. Yeah, there's not a whole lot. Just a light, like light yeah. hoppiness. It's gonna make the the like the hop smell too, because I can't really smell that either. Like florally, like maybe like poison ivy. Yeah. There isn't really much anything else. Herbal, maybe. I don't know. Like, I don't know the, like, right now, I can't tell the difference between the two with this thing. Yeah, I would skip, skip down to flavor. I don't really get much off the smell. Okay. Yeah, the 100%. Just no sense in trying to mess with the smell. Can't, can't really smell anything, so. If we go, uh, flavor of the, like the alcohol, I would say not detectable. I don't. Mm-hmm. It's it's only five percent, so I wouldn't expect to be knocked on my ass with ABVs. Right. Definitely not tasting much of any booze. At least, yeah. It's very very light. mild. Uh, I meant the beer flavor itself is very mild, not the alcohol yeah. flavor. I can't taste that. Yeah. Again, it's it's very florally, very herbally taste to it, like a weedy, clovey, flower style of taste. In my opinion. Yeah. Maybe not as much clove, but. Still something. Probably get some, uh, the banana, whatever category that's in. Yeah. Because with the wheat. Yeah, we don't have a banana. Hmm. Oh, that's in the ester. So that's a little minion-y. Oh, yeah. Okay. But, yeah. There, I mean, not to take away from this, but, like, our categories aren't really set up for something like this. <laughs> yeah, it, the weird mashup beer we have. Yeah, because... Definitely can taste like some kind of floral notes to it, but yeah. it's not overpowering. Minion for sure. I kind of group clove and banana together. Yeah, um, totally. I get that. Like a little bit. I was gonna say spicy. The cloves kind of. Yeah. Well, I do note. like spicy. I do like spicy. Yeah. 
It's unfortunate because for spicy, we have like pepper pots <laughs> for because pepper is spicy. Pepper but... is spicy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> goop is spicy. I'll tell you what. <laughs> but but in terms of spiciness, uh, this definitely has a lot of like the spices to it. Uh, that can be broken uh, down it, into so many different flavors. Yeah, like cardamom and like cumin, you know, those type of spices where it gives you that unique flavor for it. Um, and with that being said, this does have a medium body to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is definitely a Mando. Uh, the carbonation, even though it's pretty medium in here, there's not a whole lot going on in the flavor mm-hmm. with it. I wouldn't say it's like bouncing off my roof of my mouth or anything. Yeah, so definitely going to be faint as in Ganon. And of course, this one, just like theirs, is going to be like a Justice League trailer. It's mm-hmm. not the the the. It doesn't stick with me all that much. Agreed. It's not very bitter at all, but it's also not sweet. Yeah, that's weird. It doesn't really fall on this category at all, or <laughs> on the scale at all. I'm cool with skipping it. <laughs> what do you guys see on Untapped? Oh, we see all sorts of good stuff on Untapped. I see a good one right here. Well, I have pulled up. Let's. Uh, we got to introduce it first and see how many check-ins, Pale. So we have um, 1,294 total check-ins, and the unique ones are about 1,112 check-ins, and it comes in at 3.74 as the average. So what do you got, Pale? You guys be the judge of this uh, right up here. Lucas S. said, a hoppy wheat in quotations. That's not that hoppy. Not that weedy. A disappointing beer from a disappointing city. Oh. <laughs> and then somebody commented and said, good take, Luke. Their milk stout is good, though. And then another guy says, I personally thought it was a shitty take. <laughs> so, <laughs> so is this guy just like off? I mean, he's off in the in the sense to say that it's a terrible beer. Yeah, it's but not it's, it's not. It's not ultra hoppy. It's not ultra weedy. Like it's it's a mashup. It's a mix. It's yeah. a mix of the two. Yeah. Okay. You're not going to get something that's ultra hoppy or ultra weedy with something that is mixing a hoppy beer with a wheat beer. You're going to get kind of a somewhere in the middle ground of the two. So you wouldn't expect it to be on the ultra yeah. scale. Right. I'll, Thanks, I don't think idiot. You can do that. <laughs> Man, I have a couple friend check-ins. I'm going to introduce here. Uh, Doug Egder, good friend, friend of the show. Got that one. I, I don't know friend of the show, but friend of our untapped <laughs> vibes. He gave this a 375. He said, love the artwork, liked this more than I thought I would. Three more to explore to TBC. Skipping staffs. My wife, uh, she didn't write anything, but she gave it a 3.5. And then Bill Cruzinger. <laughs> he, old he's friend. A, old friend. He also is now a supporter. Uh, so he gave this a 3.4. He didn't say anything, but he's got plenty of check-ins, and this is from 2019. I got Mick Beer that gave it a 4, but didn't say anything. My friends. Another random check-ins, uh, Robbie L. So this beer, so this is the beer that wiped out the dinos for being so good. He gave it a 4.5. He mm-hmm. really liked it, and I liked that little saying. It was cute. Mild and smooth, dry, drinkable for Mark D. Not Mike D. Nathan, <laughs> Nathan B., this is a fun one, like a hoppy Hefeweizen with tasty citra. Four out of five. Nikki M says, clean and light, good summer beer. Larry approves. <laughs> Whoever the fuck Larry is, she gave it a four. <laughs> she has a lot of people tagged. How am I going to know who Larry is if she tags everybody in this world? 
Larry might not have untapped. That's why she's got to check it in for him, probably. Could be one of those. Larry doesn't like mini beers, but he liked this one. Leisure suit, Larry? Leisure <laughs> suit, Larry. He also approves. <laughs> Do you guys want to just know my check-in? I would Should we get to, to that? Know your check-in. That'd be awesome. I'm sure you guys already read it, but for the listeners who haven't befriended me on Untapped, I said this is a smooth brew with a nice hop finish, and I gave it a 3.75. And I like, okay, I mean, here's what I like about this beer. The can, gorgeous. And I like that it's 5%. This is a beer I could drink like 50 of in a day. It's like a great party beer or something that you can just drink a ton of. It's not too hoppy. I like the combination of the wheats and the hops. It's a good mashup. And all around just pretty solid beer. Yeah, I think I'm going to keep my check-in as well from August. Uh, I gave this a 375. Uh, I think it was just based off of a taste. I think Allison was the one who actually got it. I want to hold your uh, hand. Good. We're doing it. <laughs> uh, I think this is a like a, a good example of a fusion where mm-hmm. you have two style of beers together, but it's not like it's two fantastic beers together. By themselves, they might be really good, but as a combination, you're kind of torn between the two that's true i like that it doesn't it's kind of falls in the middle too it doesn't pull in either yeah. direction right and so you're pretty much stuck you're like what am i supposed to enjoy of this am i supposed to enjoy the hobby parts to it am i supposed to enjoy the the wheat parts to it and you're like i like this but it's not like i don't know how to like describe it but it's not something that you're like oh god i must have this mm-hmm. one it's mm-hmm. it's good but it's you know it's not over the top. And I've had pl- a few of the T- uh, THBC beers, and they're fantastic. And this also is really good. Uh, but it, when you when you do a fusion, you have to kind of expect uh, confusion when it comes to a fusion. So that's part of it, right? Fusion confusion. I put the fusion in confusion, baby. <laughs> but I do recommend this beer, and I do recommend this brewery. Go ahead yeah. and check more stuff out from them. I I, I recommend it 100%. It's a like a middle of the road between the two beers and also middle of the road regarding the score. For sure. Let's talk about Sonic. I just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DrinkInGeekOut. You can also check out our show notes and other fun stuff on our website, DrinkInGeekOut.com. You can also email us any comments or suggestions at DrinkInGeekOut at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcast, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Patreon where you can get some fun bonus content. Find us there at patreon.com backslash drinkingeekout. And now, back to the show. So today's topic is Sonic the Hedgehog. And before we get into the games and thoughts and everything i found from mental floss mental okay. floss is john john green and company they have they make lists and everything yeah they he has a 14 facts about sonic the hedgehog things that we may not even know and probably things that we don't even care about also true usually about 10 of them are so Number one, his story started with a ball in a tube. 
programmer Yuji Naka mm. started small. His prototype for the game featured a simple character rolling through a long tube while inside a life-size ball. He used this version of the game to create the algorithm that would make Sonic's complex motion scheme possible. Hmm. If you watch, uh, I think it's on Netflix or Prime, there's a good, I, th- I think it's Netflix, I don't know. Uh, but there's a good documentary about video games and they talk about Sonic a whole bunch and how a guy was like, watching roller coasters and how things move and that gave him the idea to develop Sonic, which maybe you'll talk about here on this list. Uh, before Sega landed on a hedgehog, Sonic was a rabbit. That is true. Sega was bent on creating a character that would rival the appeal of Nintendo's Mario. Early drafts of the brand's hero envisioned him as a rabbit that could grasp things and fight with uh, his prehensile, prehensile ears. When Sega recognized that their design would be too technologically difficult to pull off, they uh, and that of having a character that would pick up and throw things and would slow down the game's fast pace, the company shifted its sights to the general community of rolling animals and that would use their bodies as weapons. They wound up with a head-to-head battle between a hedgehog and an armadillo. Of course, the hedgehog ultimately won, despite Sega's concerns that most Americans wouldn't have any idea what a hedgehog was. (laughs) That's funny. Armadillos, I can't imagine being fast, but I don't think hedgehogs are fast either. (laughs) They are only in my mind because Sonic is fast. (laughs) Right. Number three, his name wasn't always Sonic. Even after Sega settled on a hedgehog, an idea proposed by designer Naoto... Uh, Oshima, the company tried out a taxonomically, I can't say that word, tax, it's taxidermy, but it's taxonomically, confusing name for the character, Mr. Needlemouse. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Project Needlemouse would serve as the codename for the later game Sonic the Hedgehog 4, Episode 1, during its development in 2009. Number four, the character had some famous influences. A number of pop culture icons were gathered as ref, uh, resources for the character's creation. Oshima borrowed Felix the Cat's head and Mickey Mouse's body for Sonic's basic likeness. Michael Jackson's boots from the Bad Album sleeve inspired Sonic's uh, patented footwear with Santa Claus's color, coloring tossed in for a sense of familiar, familiarity. Nice. <laughs> Number five, and led an interesting social life. Sega's staff had worked out a hefty backstory for the character, most of which had was scrapped before releasing of the debut game. Originally, Sonic was the leader of a rock band consisting of a parakeet who is often mistaken for a chicken, <laughs> a monkey, a rabbit, and a crocodile, as well as a skilled breakdancer. What's more, he also was romantically involved with a woman, not a female hedgehog, but a human woman named Madonna. Of course he was. He is. In, like, Sonic Adventures, He, it's like a real woman that he kisses at the end. And it's real weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if this is, like, the the like the backstory kind of, like, spawned the the band that makes all the music. is like, yeah. a rock band that the, uh, the developers, you know, created and did. Catch-22 or whatever the band is named. Yeah, uh, Catch-40. Yeah. <laughs> Not the book. 
All right. Number six, pop art was a big influence on the game. Sega cited the work of Japanese pop artist and illustrator uh, Izen Suzuki as a reference for Sonic's lively color scheme. Moreover, Akira Wantanobi, who designed the game's packaging, is quoted in the 1994 book Sega Video Game Illustrations as saying that the company encouraged him to employ a style similar to pop art. I don't know what pop art is. Can our anime people tell me what pop art is? Uh, pop culture art. I have no idea. <laughs> pop art. Art that is popular right. at the time. Oh, Sonic. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven. The game soundtrack was composed by a big-named Japanese band. In keeping with the spirit of the above, Sonic was scored entirely by the Japanese band group Dreams Come True, uh, formed as a trio in 1988. The band went on to provide music for films, including Sleepless in Seattle and a New Line Cinema animated film, The Swan Princess. So I wonder if they wanted to keep with the background of there was a band and they brought those people in, which is pretty interesting. Uh, number eight, Sonic's archenemy went by many names. As you may know, Sonic's primary nemesis was Dr. Robotnik. Eggman. Eggman. Was originally known as Dr. Eggman, yep. Which is the name I knew. <laughs> uh, Sega US and Japanese headquarters could not agree upon a universal moniker. Uh, American developer Dean Sitton came up with a Robotnik name for Sonic's central villain, borrowing the forename Ivo from his sister uh, contemporary, uh, contemporary boyfriend from Croatia. Other options tossed around for the baddies handle Bad Wrench, Bad Vibes, Bad Year, and Fatty Lobotnik. Yes. <laughs> Fatty. Fatty. Lobotnik. There you go. Uh, number nine, the game might take place on the West Coast. The game's official setting in the fictional South Island may or may not be retroactively located on the likewise fictional planet Mobius, the established home of the Sonic and Company in a number of the franchise's cartoon and comic series. However, the original game's most iconic level, the Green Hill Zone, was modeled after a landscape of California. Uh, so it probably just because it had the look of it doesn't in a model after it doesn't mean it was in California, but whatever, it's fine. Uh, the movie takes place in Green Hill, Montana. Uh, you say Montana? Yeah. Uh, number 10, Sonic lived up to a speedy reputation at the time of the Sonic release. A titular hero was the fastest moving video game character ever created. In 2001, Sonic programmer Nuji Naka told Edge Magazine, Sonic was delivered uh, high speed. No other game was able oh, was capable of. The Mega Drive allowed this stunning demonstration of rotation during the bonus stages, this was said to be impossible in the hardware at the time. He goes fast. He does. He's a fast guy. Uh, 11. Technically, Sonic was, himself wasn't fast at all. <laughs> Screen. <clears throat> According to the player's manual that accompanied the game, it was Sonic's power sneakers that afforded him his renowned speed and not any innate superpowers. Hmm. Super shoot. Not according to the movie. And yeah, not according to the movie. There were actual two versions of the Sonic released. The variation of Sonic the Hedgehog most prominently associated with the title is the popular 16-bit Sega Genesis version. But another version of 
uh, was released as well. An 8-bit game for Genesis predecessor, the Sega Master System, and Game Gear, Sega's answer to the Game Boy. A number of minor differences between 16-bit and 18-bit versions, 8-bit game favored sports, fewer rings, and Sonic collecting, boring, whatever, continue. (laughs) Uh, It's just too much text for no reason. All right, number 13. Sonic's programmers didn't get along with Sega. Yuji Naka became increasingly fed up with the employing company during the process of creating and releasing Sonic the Hedgehog, primarily due to the so- Sega's resistance to giving the game developers proper credit. Shortly after Sonic's publication, Naka uh, severed ties with Sega's Japanese headquarters and moved to America, only to find work at the company's Seisai office. Jeez. <laughs> Fuck you, Japan! I'm going to work for him in America. All right. And the last one, the game includes a hidden message. (laughs) The most scandalous thing about this message is not in fact what it says, but the way that is embedded into the game and a covert act of rebellion against Sega's prohibition of post-game credits. Naka did indeed include a display list of names of all parties responsible for creating Sonic, printing them in the screen that introduces the game. Since Naka printed the name in black text before a black background, they were effectively invisible. It could not be seen via, or could only be seen via cheat codes. Hmm. So basically, those two were you know go hand in hand. Like the developers of Sega didn't get enough credit or whatever. Uh, Sega took all the credit. But there you go, Metal Floss. Hmm. Top fourteen things you didn't know about S- uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, cool. The thing i was talking about is on netflix it's called high score and it's episode four that goes into sonic's little background a little bit pretty cool it's like eight episodes and it goes into a whole all video game uh sort of uh background in creation so check that out yeah it was pretty cool I yeah it was that. i like the uh like the players giving their experiences mm-hmm. um kind of like how the video games change their lives and how that and it was pretty neat it was like it was a lot about about a lot about the games but also a lot about like how the players like felt and how the the experiences they got playing the game and it was like a little bit different for everybody there was one uh, fact i kind of liked i i found uh uh sonic should be able to swim but uh the programmer that was involved in creating sonic didn't think that hedgehogs could swim <laughs> so <laughs> but hedgehogs can swim so <laughs> interesting yeah I mean, there's a bunch of water levels but you kind of just run on the bottom yeah, of he them. runs across them yeah let's nip go under the, the water but you have to like collect the bu- bubbles in or you'll drown yeah it's like they already turned him into a human let's oh he can't swim well he looks like a freaking human with tennis shoes on so Exactly. picking at that point like right oh no he can't swim right yeah he's got he arms and legs really okay i believe that arms and legs with a human face got it, got it. and michael jackson shoes exactly mm-hmm. should we talk about the games nah oh <laughs> well obviously Let's the title it. track that's fine with me the title track in 1991 <laughs> is sonic the hedgehog the first one that came out on the sega genesis and followed one year later by Sonic the Hedgehog 2, also on Sega Genesis, which I have a feeling is very similar to, like, Nintendo with Super Mario, 
Brothers that came out and Super Mario Brothers 2 was very similar, just different levels. I would assume different difficulty levels um, as Sonic the 2. I know a lot of Sega purists out there say Sonic 2 is better than Sonic 1. I don't oh, know totally. if it improved upon mechanics, but I don't know. I do own both of those games, though. Sonic 2, it became more fun. It added Tails. It added uh, two-player mode, so you could play with your siblings or whatever. Uh, I think that just like cemented the how that game the game mm-hmm. works. Uh, Sonic Two is my favorite of all of them. Yeah, and then in '93 was Sonic CD on the Sega CD. I never played a Sega CD. And then '94 was game. well, my brother had a Sonic, or he had a he bought a Sega CD and owned it for about three months before he sold it because it was shit. But say Sonic CD was a fantastic <laughs> game. There was like some sort of time travel thing to it where you could go to like the good future or the bad future of course if it was you, your favorite yeah so it, that one is a really cool game and if it, it, it was side scrolling and just slightly better graphics and like the cd quality audio so that was i think is one of the best sonic games as well i was followed up in 94 by sonic the hedgehog 3 and sonic and knuckles on the sega genesis I remember playing this one. Knuckles was Knuckles my was awesome. Because he could like it. fly, like with his little fists. Yes. He could float. He could climb roll his... walls. Mm-hmm. I always think Knuckles should be the next character that they add to uh Super Smash Bros. There you go. That would be good. Or Tails even. Or Waluigi. Uh <laughs> Waluigi. Uh, There's that whole I'd campaign love... trying to get Waluigi in that game. Yeah. I loved Sonic and Knuckles. For some reason, I never owned that game, but I liked that you could plug in, because it had like an opening on the top, you could put Sonic 2 or Sonic 1 into Sonic and Knuckles and play as Knuckles in the earlier games. Mm-hmm. Oh. The Sega was ahead of its time. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's awesome. I didn't know that. That was followed up in 1996 by Sonic 3D Blast on the Sega Genesis. Don't remember that one, but I'm assuming it was nope. in 3D, not a side-scroller. I don't know what that is. <laughs> then I imagine they perfected it in 1998 on the wonderful Sega Dreamcast system, the <laughs> Sonic Adventure. Hey, I like the Dreamcast. Don't shit talk. <laughs> okay, thank you. I love the Dreamcast. I never owned it. This was... I liked it. This was... I, I had one. I enjoyed Dreamcast a lot. Dreamcast controller reminds me of the OG Xbox controller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I owned this game, the uh, Sonic Adventure, uh, for the Dreamcast. It was wonderful. Like I played a couple of the other ones just because my buddies had Genesis and my stepfather had a Genesis. Uh, but the, the Dreamcast was like my first Sega console. And so we had a few games for it. And one of them was this uh, Sonic Adventures. And one thing that's cool about it is the memory card cartridge or whatever you stuck into the dreamcast controller basically was like a little itty bitty tamaguchi mm-hmm. style thing so you can keep track of your progress of your game just by clicking on buttons on the little thing that plugged into the dreamcast uh i thought that was super fun i am i'm in the camp that's very disappointed that the dreamcast didn't do much yeah uh, uh i thought it was super fun I think the Dreamcast could have been an amazing console, but they released Sega Genesis 
and then like a two years later did Sega CD, and then like one year later did Sega Saturn, and then one year later did Dreamcast, and they kept releasing these systems that people couldn't afford because they're like three hundred dollars each, and people were like, "What? Should, what do I buy? How? How do I play these games?" And it just confused people, and then they just killed themselves by just keep releasing more yeah. stuff. It did confuse me with all those different yeah. systems. I'm like, I can't keep up with the CD, the Genesis, the the core system, there's this, there's yeah. so many different ones. I'm like, I can't keep up with this stuff. I'll just wait right. until next and, year when they release the new Dreamcast or whatever. And yeah. then they just couldn't have... But they, the thing they is, too, Sega... Bankrupt. Yeah, Sega didn't have the character pull like Nintendo did. Uh, they didn't have the game base. They didn't build off, you know, their past successes. They had Sonic, yeah, yeah Crazy Taxi that came out for that. There was a game called Power Stone on the Dreamcast that I played. That was very similar to anime. I mean, a lot of it was Japan-based releases that really didn't translate well to America. So the games, if it had better games with it, more memorable games, I think the Dreamcast really would have mm-hmm. solidified itself and taken yeah. off. Like Soul Calibur or something? Yeah, like Soul Calibur. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I had three games, or four games, sorry. I had four games on there. Uh, I had Sonic Adventure. I had Soul Calibur. I had Crazy Taxi. And I had Fantasy Star Online. Oh, yes. That was the other one I was trying to think of. <laughs> Those are the four games I had for it. And I absolutely loved Soul Calibur. Yeah. I absolutely loved it on fun. the Dreamcast. And so then I got it for the Xbox when it came out for that uh, in the subsequential uh, years or whatever. I just thought that the Dreamcast is super underrated. And it just didn't do well because Sony did disc better. Yeah. yeah. And Sony... Uh, PS2 came out like not so long after Dreamcast came out, and I just think it just didn't have the the American pull that it it could have or should have. Mm-hmm. So I think that's when Sega realized we're getting out of the system Consoles. battle and they <laughs> the console battle, and uh, they decided just to focus on games and then sell them. I think third party to the other systems. So in 2001 came Sonic Adventure 2: The Battle. Um, on the Nintendo GameCube. And I think I have this as part of a demo disc that I've played this a little bit. I don't know if you remember, Saf, there's a bunch of demo discs that came out for GameCube. I have a couple yeah. like with beautiful I have, I have Joe, so, several of them. Sonic oh, on yes. it, and a couple other things. I'm like, I don't even know what these games are, but I liked playing the Sonic one. It was pretty fun. I don't remember what the hell I did in the game, but I know it was fun, but I never bought it. I just played the demo because it was free. And then in 2001, we had Sonic Advance that came out on the Game Boy Advance. So they came to that one next. I'm not sure if that one... It sounds like just like a remake, I would imagine, of the 16-bit version. I would think it's probably a remake of the original just on the Advance. Because that's what like Mario Advanced was just... Mm -hmm. They just started re-releasing old games. Then in 2003 was Sonic Heroes for PlayStation 2, Xbox, and GameCube. So it made its debut on the three big systems at the time. The big battle that still continues today. Once I got into the 3D games, I couldn't get into them. Mm Mm-hmm. They got weird. Like the in 2005 when they did Shadow the Hedgehog. That I don't know if you've ever looked at that game. It's like a first-person shooter. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Shadow. Shadow the Hedgehog has like a big bazooka and you're it's a shooting game. <laughs> yeah. It he literally has like 
the coolest like look of a Sonic he does. character, but the gameplay is horrendous. <laughs> and then Sonic 06 for 360 and PlayStation 3 is one of the worst games reviewed of all time, I think. Like it's almost unplayable. So you, <laughs> it's like up there with those like Wand of Gamelon games. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you just like walk around and talk to people like NPCs, and then you do like a little running, and then like the screen can't keep up with how fast Sonic's moving, so you don't know where you're going. <laughs> like it's horrible. Then 2008 Sonic Unleashed on PlayStation Two. We. 360 and PlayStation 3. I think this is where Sonic got his bearings back. I thought the Sonic Unleashed was a pretty good game. Yeah, I think they kind of turned it around after Sonic 06. And then they started getting more interesting. There's a racing game in 2010. Then Sonic Colors on Wii and Nintendo DS. And then I just saw it the other day that Sonic Colors reissued or something. They're re-releasing, they're remaking the game for the new consoles for the anniversary. I, like, I just saw a little trailer for that, and it looked pretty cool. Then in 2011, Sonic Generations for, like, the PS3, 360, Windows, and the D- 3DS. I don't know anything about that game. Then there's another racing game. Uh, then Sonic Lost Worlds looked interesting i think it's like old levels or like i think it goes back to 2d style but i could be wrong i could be thinking of mario's lost world (laughs) yeah Uh, sonic boom was in 2014 rise of lyric and shattered crystal we for the wii u and 3ds and then i think uh we must have skipped or it it wasn't on this list but sonic 4 was like in 2009 and that like went back to the old school classic sonic and i've heard that was actually really good like the side scrolling it went back to like the pixelated graphics and everything and lastly we've got sonic mania in 2017 for the nintendo switch the ps4 xbox one and windows which i don't know anything about that game either so the i was gonna say the lost world uh i just watched a trailer for it and it looks like the original like game uh like running through a maze doing loop-de-loops and all that stuff but three-dimensionally okay so it's like new mario 3d or what what's the 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 new super mario brothers (laughs) type deal yeah Yeah. still kind of side scrolly but But three-dimensional yeah, I was just going to mention that a couple of games that weren't on here with the mashup, I think that kind of revived Sonic a little bit. Was the Mario and Sonic um, Olympic stuff that yeah, really helped us? They save were on the list. I deleted. I, I, I deleted them, but yeah, we can talk about those. Yeah, not all of them. Just I just mentioned in general because they're pretty much all the same. But it was just like another Mario Party mini game stuff. I never really played any of them, but I heard they were pretty popular. It's pretty cool to play. Weren't they like s- sport games, like a Mario Tennis, but like with the Olympic the stuff, Olympic games yeah. or whatever? Yeah, they're yeah. like mini games where you like you uh, do di- downhill skiing, and, and that lasts about thirty seconds, and <laughs> you have like one button that controls that, and then you do uh, curling 
Is it like Wii Sports, but with like yeah, basically. Sonic and Mario? That sounds cool. I might get that. Because they're, uh, I see right here a picture of Mario and Sonic Olympic Games 2020 Tokyo that didn't take place, but. It's happening. It's 2020 Tokyo is happening this summer. They'll reissue it. They're wait. not even changing the. They're not even changing 2020 to 2021 because they already built the merch. They're just gonna say it's 2020 2020 uh, Japan. But uh, I just COVID looked up edition. Sonic Mania, and it looks amazing. It looks like old school Sonic. All the I, I looked graphics. it up too. It does look. It looks awesome. Like the colors look great. Yeah. Um. It looks like it's classic got t- Sonic and Tails and Knuckles and Doctor Eggman in there. I might have to check that out. I have to go get a rabbit for this switch since all four of us own one now. <laughs> exactly. Like here, like it looks beautiful. I have to look into that. Yeah, like there's all the yeah. all the characters. That's cool. Then we have the cartoons. If we get into some of the Did TV any shows. Buddy, watch any of these? I watched. I I might have one of them. Whichever one was. I voiced know I've by seen Steve Urkel. Steve Urkel. <laughs> He's the only one I watch. <laughs> Yeah, whatever that guy's I think he did is. several of them. Jaleel White. Yeah, Jaleel White. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yep. I, I, I guess I've only seen clips of them. I don't think I've seen, like, full episodes. I, I'm not much of a TV watcher, whatever I can get for the old Plex server. <laughs> I used to watch it growing up. I watched a few of those episodes they were on. They made me laugh a few times with his taglines, like, I could use a chili dog. <laughs> Just calling him Dr. Robotnik yeah. all the time. Like, oh, he called oh, him a yeah. butt. And that, you know, I'd laugh at that and they're like, eh, okay, this is all. We've got old pretty quick. But Yeah, I mean, it's definitely for, like, younger children, I feel like. Yeah. It might have been the Sonic the Hedgehog on ABC that was in 93 to 94 that I've seen a couple episodes of or whatever. <laughs> just because that was the prime time for me growing up. Yeah. And we only had Farmers 5, so I don't know what syndication is. Uh, Sonic Underground has the greatest theme song of any show yeah anybody wants to check that out um and then there's a new sonic prime coming to netflix next year apparently <laughs> wow oh nice is ben schwartz gonna be uh sonic i imagine he voices every cartoon i've ever watched i feel like <laughs> he's one <laughs> he's of the in, nin- he's in modok too he's yeah the son of modok yeah. he's uh he's one of the ninja turtles on the newest Ninja Turtles series he's one of the Huey Dewey and Louie on the DuckTales cartoon <laughs> like he's Sonic in the movie uh we uh well on episode 162 of this very podcast Dustin and I talked about the music of Sonic I have a playlist for a future Digo ST or Drinkin' Geek OST episode where we'll be continuing that discussion and talking about the music of Sonic 1, 2, 3, and 4. We just got to record it. Mm, nice. And um, I'm the only one that watched the movie, I assume. So I just wanted to mention, it's it's a good kids movie. If I was younger, I would liked it more. I, I enjoyed it just fine. It wasn't horrible. Uh, I The best part was all the references to the classic original Sonic video game. So you there's like a scene where he's getting a bunch of shit shot at him and he he can move real fast so he's just standing there like looking at his watch tapping his toes like he does if you just like don't touch the remote for a while uh there Mm -hmm. at the beginning the sega logo comes on the screen and it 
it, there's a sound that goes beam boom. Um, at <laughs> some point, they reference like how he's got like sh- beat up shoes on, and uh, a little girl runs to her room and gets new shoes. I'm like, oh shit, he's gonna get the red shoes, the classic red Michael Jackson shoes <laughs> that everybody knows. And yes. she gives him, <laughs> she gives him the shoes. And I got like goosebumps over that for weird reasons. I don't know. Nostalgic <laughs> reasons. Nostalgia. <laughs> Probably. Uh, yeah. There's points. I mean, Jim Carrey is going full. He, he's just going full tilt on this movie. So if you want to see full crazy Jim Carrey, he's in, in this movie. Um, but you see him go through his Dr. Robotnik stages uh, finally end up with like the bald head and the crazy mustache that we're used to. And his yeah. like little robot devices are shaped like eggs. So Sonic calls him Mr. Eggman at some point. <laughs> um, those are the main things. I think at some point Sonic puts on a headband and it's got like the Sonic logo, <laughs> like the thing he pops out of that's cool. the circle. Oh, that's awesome. Is on his headband. <laughs> Like, oh, just cool, cool stuff like that that references the games. It was my favorite part. My nephews enjoyed this. I bought it for them on Blu-ray. Okay, they've watched it several times. Yeah, I think I could see that. that I haven't watched it yet, but more they than love me. It. Yeah, <laughs> I'm curious. I'll watch the sequel. It, it's nice to have on the background and just kind of glance at every now and then. It wasn't something I'm, I was invested in, but I enjoyed it enough to just have it on. Oh, I plan on watching it. I thought I saw it, but I don't remember. I thought I saw it. I, I, maybe I just saw like an extended trailer or something. <laughs> but I do what? Did you see it? You you saw the one with the original ugly Sonic with the oh, God, human yes. teeth oh. and weird lips. Human teeth. <laughs> oh, the teeth were the worst. It, creepy. creepy. Yeah. Put it on for Logan and then like <laughs> fall asleep. Now he has nightmares. Cause <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do that to him. That's why he can't sleep at night. Right, yeah, we'll be paying for that for the next six months. <laughs> well, my experience with Sonic would be very limited to the first few games. I did mention, like, I did play the the Sonic Adventures quite a bit for the Dreamcast. Uh, but I think a lot of my, like, experience with it was uh, 91's Hedgehog, 92's Hedgehog 2 when I had the Genesis uh, so very limited with that one. What about everyone else? Like, what is your early memories of Sonic or how far have you gotten? I'd say the first two as well, right there with you on Se- uh, the original Sega Genesis. And because um, we had a neighbor friend, my sister's friend who lived a couple streets over, she'd bring her Genesis over and we would play. We were a Nintendo family. They got the Genesis so that was my only experience playing it until I finally got one when it was like 30 bucks at Toys R Us one year when they reissued it, the Genesis Core system. Um, and it came with Sonic 1 and 2, and that's when I played it. And that was about it. I don't think I've ever beaten it. I just played until I couldn't go anymore, and then I just turned it off and be like, yeah, that was fun. But I never really got into it and finished the games. Yeah, for me, it was very limited as well. A neighborhood friend, I think, had a Genesis. So I just got a little bit of playtime on Sonic the Hedgehog. And um, I never owned a Sega. So I never had any, like, 
extended play time with it, but I mean, I'm familiar with the character for sure. Just, I don't really know like any levels or I know you collect rings That's yeah, and avoid the spikes. Yeah. Avoid the spikes, but not much play time. Oh, that's another thing from the movie. You, he has these rings that he's holding on to, but when he gets hit, he like spills them all over the street. I'm like, oh, that's what happens when you get hit in the game. You spill your rings and you got to collect them again. <laughs> uh, so I primarily played the Genesis games, one, two, mostly, and then I rented three a ton. I don't know why my parents didn't just buy that game because I swear I went to Video Stop like five times and rented it. Um, I also had Sonic Spinball, which we never mentioned, but it was the pinball game oh, yes. that was on Genesis. Game. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that one. And it was horrible. Like, I still don't know how to get past, like, the first stage of that game because you're just, like, hit, trying to hit Sonic because he's just in his ball form and you're smashing him around the screen. Uh and then I, a little bit of Sonic CD before my brother sold it after a month or two. And then once it got into 3D games, I just fell off a cliff. Right. So I think I played the the newest version. That was Dreamcast back in 98. <laughs> yeah, cool. Most likely. And that's where I had Tails and Knuckles. Yeah. That's where I got everybody in there. Uh, but uh, I guess I did watch gameplay. I mean, I did a lot of research for the music episode when we did it in 162. Yeah. Uh, I thought Shadow would be a fun game to play, but like, <laughs> but watching it, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it's it's freaking weird. Uh, but I mean, for the most part, when you took a look at these games, they're essentially the same concept. And yeah. so, if you played the first few games, then you're like, oh, I'm good, right? I'm good. I did the thing. <laughs> I beat the boss. I collected the rings. I mean, the same could be said for Mario games, but somehow they're they keep upping the ante or making them more interesting in ways like giving him different power ups and stuff. And Sonic never had that; it was just a different course to run through. I think the other thing too with Sonic, as uh, Dustin was mentioning, it was the fastest moving game. I think a lot of people yeah, like that was the incredible. slow aspect. Because Mario was so slow, you moved the screen moved when you moved your character. But when you were in Sonic and Hill, you hit that springboard, and all of a sudden these spikes come out of nowhere, and you got a your hand eye coordination and yeah. the timing of it, and the different levels. Like, should I go high? Should I go low? And the mm-hmm. different spots to collect all this stuff. It was is a completely different concept, and I think the speed turned a lot of people off. Mm-hmm. I know it did for me because I'm like I was so used to Mario. Like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> I don't know where I'm supposed to go. And it was just kind of too much up front, I think, for a lot of people. And then I think the 3D games tried to uh, deal with that and, like, make it so you just, like, walk around some levels. And it was like, this isn't Sonic anymore. You have to be going fast. Yeah. <laughs> and it, you, you can't do it both ways. You can't just have him walk around and be, like, a, a platforming character. You He either is this or that. You can't do both. Yeah. It worked for Mario. Didn't work for him. Wrap it up. <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> Because I don't think I'm going to play Sonic, you know. Hey, happy 30 years, bud. Yeah. <laughs> happy 30. I'm, I'm going to check out this Sonic Mania. I'm going to look at the reviews and see if I should buy it or not. I'm I'm right there with you, Seth. I think it's worth checking in or checking it out. It looks cool, but if it didn't get a, a 8 or above, I'm not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm not spending any more than like 20 bucks probably for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Until next time, drink gotta go cup. fast. And oh. Geek gotta go fast. <laughs> <laughs> Different. Not, I did the wrong one. If drink you're not up first, you're last. Geek out.